Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, October 19th edition of the Basement Academy. A morning psalm is one of my favorites, really, really one of my favorites. Uh, I've read it a number of times uh, in the course of this last year and a half since we've been in the Basement Academy. Uh, psalm 19 gives um, an initial reflection of what we call, theologically, we call general revelation, God revealing himself through the created order. And then the second half, uh, he shifts to talk about uh, specific or special revelation, the word of God that is revealed. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful psalm. Uh, I hope uh, it inspires you to want to pray these psalms uh, daily. And so this is Psalm 19 for the director of music. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. For their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. And the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, hear our prayer. May our words and meditations this day be pleasing to you. And so let us turn uh, to consider evangelism and unlearning evangelism. And so yesterday presented uh, a couple of these models that uh, express this notion of um, spiritual conversion, spiritual decision-making as a process, cultivating the soil, tilling the soil, planting the seed, and then comes uh, the harvest, and then the multiplication of that harvest as more seeds are sown. And so that image from the parable of the sower. And, and so these um, theories or these models suggest that when one makes a decision for Jesus Christ, it is not instantaneous. It doesn't just go from zero to decision. There is, there's, there's time, there's conversation, there's reflection, 
there's consideration and, and there seems to be a process by which people move from kind of a possibly even a negative view of God and the Bible and the church and, uh, and, and Christians maybe, or, or maybe just a, a neutral, like I don't you know, have an opinion one way or the other, but they move from that to being favorably disposed to the Bible uh, to consideration of God, and then personal implications that, oh, Jesus didn't just die for the sins of the world. He died for my sins. I have a, a need for forgiveness. And so this process that unfolds over time without without saying necessarily how much time, but these kind of phases or stages of um, kind of decision-making uh, the, the, this process, many steps uh, along the way. And so hopefully you thought about that a little bit uh, overnight. And so spiritual decision-making, that, that's what I want to call it. The spiritual decision-making process is a process with many steps. I think we need to unlearn that notion that it, that again, evangelism is instantaneous it does take time. And so I think by shifting to seeing how other decisions are made in our lives, we will go, oh yeah, that makes sense. So what other decisions take steps, sometimes many steps? Well, I was thinking about, you know, choosing college. Our, our kids are a little bit past that, but not so many years past it that we can't remember it. And so three children, um, all with, you know, doing well academically. And so all with options in front of them. And so here's this young person, 16, 17, 18 years old, as those kind of sophomore, junior, senior years unfold. What do you think you'd like to do? What do you like to pursue? What would you like to study? And, you know, kids are like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, our parental role of kind of working with them, guiding them, encouraging them, helping them to understand. Uh, and, and we're not the only ones, you know, they have guidance counselors and teachers and, um, you know, mentors who are encouraging that process too. So that, so that they come to a place where they, they consider different schools, they go through a decision-making process, they apply and the like, and then over time, you know, each of them settled on the particular school and away they went. So college, career, same thing. You come out of college, <laughs> what do I want to do? And so similarly, there's a decision-making process where you consider interests, abilities, um, opportunities. Um, you know, you've got input from mentors and the like. Um, sometimes there are career changes. And so you launch into one area. And then after some years, you say, you know, this isn't really what I want to do. And so there's sometimes early career changes or mid-career changes uh, that require a number of steps financially and, and other matters are considered. Marriage, obviously, uh, romance, and then you begin to date and you, you know, at a certain point, oh, this is not the person. And so you go through that. So you have a kind of a mental, emotional, spiritual checklist of the kind of things you're looking for in a life partner. Um, buying a house, 
I remember the first time we bought a house, you know, oh my goodness, you know, it just felt like all the money in the world. We didn't have that much money. We were going to borrow more money than we could ever imagine. And it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like a hundred and $30,000 or something, which I laugh, you know, that's a lot of money. But relative to what housing prices are these days in this area, that's like no money at all. And so we, as a young couple, had to go through just a, a you know, do we want to rent? Do we want to buy? How do we think about this and all the steps that are involved? So anyway, point being, there are other, many other activities or actions or events or decisions that we engage in as people along the way that require thought and planning and preparation and consideration. And there's some waffling and wobbling back and forth. And we, you know, bounce it off people. Making a change of about any, any kind requires steps, right? Um, yeah, I'll just say it that way. And so people who want to make a change in their life have to, um, have to go through a process by which they evaluate the importance of the current situation against the potential benefit of the future situation or the desired situation, because there's always some risk involved, right? You know, is this college going to work? It's a lot of money. Is that going to be a place where I settle in? Is this, is this job path? Is this person? Is this home or neighborhood? And so for each of these, what we consider fairly significant decisions, there is risk involved. And so, uh, and, and each of us have a different risk profile, if I could, could say it that way. Now, apply that to the spiritual decision-making process of coming to embrace Jesus as Savior. Now, if we think of um, evangelism as just kind of mental assent, just acknowledging, do you believe there's a God? Well, Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you believe Jesus, you know, is God's son? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, I went to church. I was in the, the children's pageant. I'm, I'm okay with that. Are you prepared to surrender your life to him and organize your life, your decisions, your time, your finances, your relationships, your speech, your attitudes, your conduct? Are you, are you prepared to organize your life around Jesus Christ and, and his teachings. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Who said anything about that? You know, if you just want me to go to church and give a few bucks and, you know, kind of watch my language, you know, when I'm around in mixed company, yeah, I can do that. But this idea of organizing my life, surrendering my life, that's a different story altogether. So, we need to remember that evangelism is calling people into a, not only the faith relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's a discipleship relationship or what we have 
often called here apprenticeship. We're calling people into apprenticeship to Jesus. Well, that's that's like a career choice. And in a sense, this is a vocation. The language that we read in Scripture, uh, we're going to see this in uh, just a few weeks in our Ephesians study. The language in Scripture we have is actually of being called. We flip into Ephesians right here. So Ephesians chapter 3. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. To be a follower of Jesus. Evangelism has the goal of extending that call of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God making his call through the evangelist, through us, to another person to come follow be a part of this family, be a part of this covenant community, be a part of this living body we call the body of Christ, the church, and and to live into this, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And so that's evangelism doesn't just aim for a conversion, which sadly sometimes can be just people making a mental ascent or just kind of a, yeah, sure, kind of to check the box and maybe to get you off my back. <laughs> you know, you you Jesus person who are trying to talk to me about Jesus, just what do I have to say to make you go away? I expect there's plenty of folks for whom that's their evangelistic response. You know, how can I make this person go away? But a thoughtful, considered message to somebody it says we're actually asking you here to reorient your life that the direction of your life now moves towards Jesus Christ towards knowing Jesus Christ more fully who he is what he calls uh, you to be about um, your character your speech your time your money um, how you conduct yourself your relationships learning to reconcile and extend forgiveness and mercy all of this is part of I think ought to be part of the evangelistic message. Again, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. The idea is we recognize so many of these big decisions in life take time, often require counsel from others, financial advisors, uh, career advisors, etc., there, there's usually some indecision that's 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 built into it, right? There's some risk. Why would we think that the evangelistic message and the evangelistic enterprise, a spiritual decision, would be anything other than that? So as evangelists, as those who are wanting to share this faith, this good news, the evangel, with our family members, friends, loved ones, etc., co-workers, we need to have an appropriate understanding of what is actually being asked. This is not just, hey, do you want to, you know, buy some uh, cookies uh, at the bake sale for the mar- local marching band? Th- this is not that. This is a reorienting of one's life. It is 
learning to love God with heart, mind, soul, strength. It's, it's committing to love neighbor as oneself. It is acknowledging that, that we have done wrong. I have done wrong. And that I need a pardon for that. And so, so the evangelistic enterprise, the evangelistic message is big. It is a big decision. It's not a little decision. It is a big decision. And it would be better to, to make sure we patiently work with folks to help them understand the magnitude of this decision. And that may need to unfold over time. We need to understand that we're asking them to reorient their life away from self towards God, away, away from uh, personal interests uh, only towards the interest of others and the interest of, of Jesus Christ. And so the goal of evangelism at one sense then should be simply to make progress in that decision-making process. What might, what questions might the individual have? Let us be patient with those, um, uh, with those uh, questions. There may be obstacles, genuine obstacles. Again, uh, things that, that have happened encounters that, that have unfolded, that have predisposed this person against the faith, against the church, against God in some way uh, because of some, some things that have happened. So evangelism is partnering in the process with the individual. It's kind of like being a midwife to some degree. God ultimately is the one who is going to do the work, but we are like the midwife coming alongside helping over time to bring forth this, this new life. Um, there are two basic approaches to change that, that people make because we're asking people to make a change in their life. Two basic approaches, a way of going about. Some people prefer to set goals. So the way they think about change and growth and development and, and moving forward is I'm going to set a goal of getting up in the morning and exercising and I'm going to, you know, read this and I'm going to show up to work on time and I'm going to write my mother and, you know, I set a series of goals and that's how I improve my life or make, make progress. Others, they struggle to set goals. They think about the obstacles. So I want to be a better person okay, what do I, I, I need to, I need to probably stop spending time with these friends that keep me out late, that, you know, I get, I get up late and I get to work late, you know, because I'm a little, so, okay, so I've got to reorient some of my time with friends. And, and so some of us go about uh, progress and growth and development by removing obstacles. So I don't know what kind of person are you do you prefer the goal setting i like to set clear goals and then go chase them or are you one who gets a little frustrated with goal setting but you're always thinking about you know how can i make things better here oh well gee if i can remove this obstacle and this you know this situation then things are going to be smoother and so for some the event some some of the people we're trying to share with they may want us to help them think through what are some goals and others are going to need us to help remove obstacles. Okay. So again, there's going to be uh, some listening. There's going to be questions that we're going to ask, questions that we're going to answer, 
questions that we're not going to have the answer to, that we're going to need to go do our own research and some of our own homework, we will grow in the process. If I think if we're engaged well in the evangelistic enterprise, we ourselves will grow. We ourselves will be pushed because there will be questions. But what about all the suffering in the world? I just can't get around that. What about what science says about the origins of the human family? What about psychology? So so people come at us with various questions that I think are honest. Now, there are dishonest questions, but most of the time people are coming with honest questions. If the relationship of trust has been built, if there's a, a strong, solid, quality relationship where we haven't been pushing them and in the process maybe pushing them away, and we patiently work alongside and get to know them, then questions will arise. And, and sometimes we're just going to have to say, I don't know, but I'd, I'd love to, to you know, help, help uh, work on the answer to that. Time is going to be involved. So just as there's time in choosing a college and a career and a, and a life partner and um, you know, buying a house, all these big decisions, so there will be there ought to be time. If, if there's very little time involved with evangelistic enterprise, you have to wonder if the person has really understood the implications, <laughs> you know? And so they may be just saying yes to get you off their back, okay? And then patience, time and patience. So um, I just offer this to you as kind of a companion set of thoughts to uh, yesterday with respect to the spiritual decision process <clears throat> to understand that this is like other decisions we make. And so let us be respectful of that as evangelists, as those who are seeking to win others to the faith that we have come to enjoy and to the Savior that we love. Let us labor over time with our prayers, uh, with our patience, uh, with our love, but also with our understanding of what is actually involved with this. Okay, let's close here and uh, we'll pick up again tomorrow. Father, thank you. Thank you for the ways in which you worked us through a decision-making process around Jesus Christ and the ways in which you have led us to organize and reorient our lives towards Jesus. We pray for others and we can call them to mind even now. Others in our family, others in our network of friends and associates and coworkers that we would love to see them come to know you. And so give to us increased understanding of the process involved and ways that we can partner with these dear friends. And so, Father, we lift our prayers to you. We, we offer ourselves to you in this evangelistic work. In the name of Jesus, whom we proclaim, and the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God of patience, the God of time who is outside of time, may the God of love and compassion and grace and truth watch over you, keep you and your loved ones this day and forevermore. Amen.